So when you realize that your one-on-ones are starting to get get down to that point where they're just devolving down into status updates, you really need to have something in your back pocket to pull out to either redirect the conversation or decide when when is the conversation over. This week we have a little bit of a shorter episode. Thought we'd mix it up a little bit. Hope you guys enjoy it. Well, today we're just going to talk a little bit about something that's important to both Michael and me. We've been chatting about it over Zoom, like most of us are doing these days, and decided to put it down and talk about it for real on our podcast. And Michael, I know when we first uh, started working together a few years ago, you really had strong opinions about uh, one-on-ones and the way they should go. And because you're an efficient guy, you're sort of like, well, dude, why would we ever talk about anything that we could do via email or Slack or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about how you you kind of came to that conclusion? Was it an experience of previous relationship? What was it that drew you to a more or to a richer experience in a one on one? Yeah, I think most of it is is less around having poor experience or anything like that with one on ones that were dragging on through stuff that just didn't need to be talked about, and more around just why do if we're gonna if we're going to have this time together, why are we going to spend time hashing out things that could just be communicated in a lower medium, email, mm. mm-hmm. chat, you know, something else that doesn't have to be communicated in person. And let's spend more of our time in person talking about the things that need to be more interactive. Like let's solve a problem about something mm-hmm. on a project that's stuck, not just say, here's what the project is. If I'm waiting till we're in the same position to, for me to tell you, an update, that means that I've known something I haven't shared with you that mm-hmm. maybe should have been shared sooner or maybe not. But if you're only meeting to to exchange information, that it's a pretty low value meeting if that's all you're doing. Right. Yeah, it feels like a it feels like a thin meeting when that happens. It's like, okay, well, we met, we saw each other face to face. There's a certain humanness in that, of course. But it feels a lot more human to me and a lot richer when we get to those deeper issues. And I know different people have uh, respond differently to that kind of input. I, Our team has a, a multitude of different perspectives when they come into a one-on-one. Some of them want to spill their guts. They want to talk about you know non-work stuff, and that's great. And I love that because it usually gets us to some of the problems and the issues and certainly gets us often to professional and personal development things to talk about, which is really rich content, something that we wouldn't do back and forth in Slack. But sometimes I realize I need to kind of push people, prod people a little bit because some people want to keep things really close to the vest and they like the, the you know yellow legal pad sort of meeting. Okay, let's talk about these different things. They like to to get there. I know for me, I've got certain things that I think about when when those meetings sort of digress to that. What do you do when you get uh, with somebody who kind of wants to run through their list? Do you have anything that you typically go to to kind of enrich the conversation? Well, thankfully, I haven't really had any one-on-ones where we're resorting back to status updates, only because my sample size is small you know Mm -hmm. i've I've been Mm -hmm. leading teams but not for super long and usually when we're getting together there's enough that we need to talk through or figure out that it doesn't resort just to well what are we going to fill our time with here and and maybe some of that is a little more by design to your question of like what am i doing in those meetings to help make that happen but i'd say it it doesn't regress to that largely because of the people that i've met with and they haven't Mm -hmm. come into they've come into the meeting wanting more and, mm-hmm. and seeking to get more out of it rather than me needing to try to pull more out of it. When I think about one-on-ones that 
are more just going on the status update route. I think it's it's more of a crutch for people. The conversation starts to lag. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be meeting. We're supposed to be talking. Maybe this is uh, an assignment you've been giving. You're supposed to have one-on-ones with your team every week or every two weeks or whatever the time frame is. So the easiest thing to always fall back on is status updates. Just like the easiest thing to always fall back on is the weather and right whatever is Sports the current teams. event that everyone knows about, you know? <laughs> right. So when I think about one-on-ones that stoop down to purely status update chats, then it's just a crutch that people are leaning on. When the conversation lulls, what's easy to bring up? What have you been working on? Anything that you want to talk about that you've been working on? The, and they so easily turn into yes or no questions that go to no very quickly that then mm-hmm. if that was your last crutch of conversation, ends the meeting entirely because if there's nothing to talk about, so I went to status updates and there's nothing to talk about there, then why mm-hmm. else are we going to sit here? Are we right. just going to stare at each other and like consume time with more small talk that we already did at the beginning before we got to this point? So right. I, that's that's kind of more when I think about that you need to revisit why why are you spending time in these meetings and if it's only being you're only doing it because you're being told to then that's a different question to ask yourself okay if I'm if I have to go come to these anyway because I have some requirement to fulfill mm-hmm. and I'm not satisfied with what's happening what would I want out of this conversation or this 30 minutes what would make this 30 minutes valuable for me and then also asking your team member what's going to make it valuable for them and that's that's the thing that I think can help bust it out of that rut. And that's something that Whitney and I were just talking about this week. We're like, okay, Whitney, you're a week mm-hmm. or uh, you're a month in. Our one-on-ones have been flowing pretty good because there's enough new stuff all the time that it hasn't been lagging. But I was thinking, you know, we haven't like stopped and paused to say, okay, Whitney, what do you want to get out of this time? What do I want to get out of this time? In the helping kind of reframe and retool where mm-hmm. our one-on-ones are going to go from here because we haven't necessarily – I should I should make it to myself. I haven't felt like it's needed it yet, but I don't know yet if I've been serving her as well in one on ones. So it's time well, to kind of recalibrate. Okay, well, let me just highlight something you just said. I talked with her, and we decided together that these are the things that were important for us to talk about. It's a collaborative thing. You, as the manager, are not coming and saying, "All right, I want to know this stuff," which that's what helps it digress into a status meeting when the manager is driving the conversation. When the employee starts being a part of driving that conversation, it's likely to get richer because, first of all, you got two people involved, and they're different the way they think about things. But as you were talking, another thing that really struck me. We're recording this in the middle of the coronavirus, and everybody can um, relate to this. So everybody, when the meeting first starts, the first question is kind of, how you doing, for real? And people, at least on my team, are getting a lot more real about that question <laughs> because it's a common thing we all experience. I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life where the entire culture has experienced some level of pain at the same time. Uh, maybe 9-11. That's, yeah, but this is prolonging for months. And yes, ex- exactly. It's not a it's one hard. event. Yeah. Right. It's hard. And so you get a chance to talk. And that is actually sort of artificially given a little more uh, substance, a little more three dimensions to a conversation because you're often going to get into, well, how's it like working at home with your kids, your family? What's it like with uh, with your, your aging parents? I mean, that's something that happens. A little bit artificial. So when we get out of this, 
we have to start thinking about, okay, what are some ways we can continue the conversation, not just, you know, personal, how's your dog, but, but what are mm-hmm. the, what are your dreams? What are the things you want? And one of the things I read this week and you sent it to me and we, I'll find this blog and put it in the show notes was something where he said, well, if you, if you can't get him to, to talk about things other than that, then, then maybe turn it into a little bit of a, an evaluation, performance evaluation, give some constructive feedback. That's one sure way of of getting a conversation. The minute I say to you, well, hey, Michael, this is an I- issue that I saw last week, and let's talk a little bit about it. Well, you're going to you're gonna be engaged because it's something that that's going to cause something to rise up in you or something you'll want to explain. And I thought that was a really good idea to talk about it. Either way, the employee could bring something up too. Here's something in the business that that I think is is not doing super well. Here is a way that you can pot- potentially improve as a manager, which if you've got a really good relationship, you can do that. But even managers can fall into that status update thing. So both sides can bring something different to the table to catalyze a different kind of conversation. Yeah, totally. And in, in, yeah, that comes from a post from, from Rands. And I think mm. that Another thing I really appreciate in that in that post is he, he's kind of talking about the different styles of of one on ones that come up the the update the vent and the disaster I believe is the last one and kind of what it comes down to is if it's it's in one of those monotonous ones where a team member doesn't have much they want to say the manager's been trying hard to like find some nugget to pull to like bring a, a little bit of a more juicy conversation out but at, at the end of it if there's just kind of <laughs> if it's so so bland that there's nothing even coming out of that. Then his mm-hmm. back pocket stuff is is what you said. You like bring up something from the last performance review and say, "Hey, we talked about wanting to grow in this area. How's that going? Mm-hmm. Like, is this something you're still thinking about?" Or uh, saying like, "You know, bringing your own problem and like, okay, Chris, you said, yeah, here's the thing I'm trying to figure out. Um, I'm trying to figure out some verbiage for the homepage, some some new messaging. What do you think about these things? I'm not sure how to figure out these these concepts. It's fresh mm-hmm. for you. I want your perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think." The, one of the beautiful things I think about that of bringing your own problem, even if um, this time really should be spent to make sure that your team member has whatever they need and the space mm-hmm. they need to be able to get what they need from you. Um, we can get into that in another another conversation. We've been talking about you know who are one on ones for, mm-hmm. who who should really get the get the most out of it. Um, but if it's if it's void of that then what you can do is to say that i value your input i value how you think so i want your input on this other thing if there's nothing that we can drive to that's going to be giving value to them directly because they're asking for it it's giving it indirectly through showing your appreciation for how they think i love that in fact last week i had a one on one with someone that was really getting sparse in their answers they're just they must be getting repetitive i need to make some changes as a manager to make the one on one a little bit more relevant more i don't want to say exciting but more uh, just there's more energy in it so i i recognize that and i thought okay this is kind of dead but i had an issue that i wanted some input on and i said hey you know while i got you here let me paint a picture for you about what I'm dealing with and let me get your take on it. And that conversation went for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I got like three lines of, of stuff written in the one-on-one, but when I got to that part, you know, there was a lot to say. So I think what you're saying was validated for me. It was like, yeah, as soon as I kind of engaged him on, on a topic where I needed help, I just said, Hey, look, I, I don't have the answer here. Uh, he was completely engaged and had great insight for me. So when you realize that, 
your one-on-ones are starting to get get down to that point where they're just devolving down into status updates, you really need to have something in your back pocket to pull out to either redirect the conversation or decide when when is the conversation over. You don't have to prolong these things, but you don't get the the real value out of it just by hoping the other person is going to bring the conversation to a new level. I mean, as an introvert mm-hmm. myself, like I feel the tension when a when a one-on-one conversation with with anybody in life <laughs> is yeah. starting to lag and I feel the pressure to be the one who keeps it going, but it's not something I've ever been good at. Mm. I've had to work at it. I've literally I wrote in my phone in college conversations starting questions. Mm. Which is like the Smart. nerdiest thing I can think of. For yeah, myself. but that's the way to that's the way to grow. I like and it. And I have like some old, I have some standbys now that I don't need my list for anymore because I've used them <laughs> for years. Um, but even like to your point about having like being able to mix up, mix in some different questions. Like I'll ask, and sometimes you can end it more casually too. You can give a soft out, perhaps that's not like mm-hmm. the end of the meeting, but it's not just reducing to small talk. Right. But it's like. What one of the questions I'll ask someone random that I'm meeting with, or just that I'm talking with in life, be like, "What's something that you're looking forward to? What's mm-hmm. something that you're excited about?" Because you, can, it's really hard to get a bland response to what's something you're looking forward to or something you're excited about. It evokes right. emotion, and they have to think about what is the one or two things that they might have that are coming to mind. And so, even you can translate that one to work, and you'd be like, "What's one of the projects maybe you're looking forward to getting to start?" Because mm-hmm. uh, maybe if what they're in, the, they're in the doldrums of a project that's so so dull, and they're just trying to get through it because they're in the grind of the last bit of it. At least maybe there's something new that they're excited about, and that can maybe be the transition out. But it can end on an upper note. So I don't know. Maybe that's a, some other ideas you can uh, latch onto there, Chris. But the thought I was mainly bringing was have something that you can pull out when you're in the oh crap moment. This is this is reducing, and I'm not sure what to do. I can't find anything else to grab for. <laughs> Yeah, I actually think that what you shared is a really good way to do it, even for an extrovert. I'm an extrovert, and I sometimes use a thousand words when ten will do. <laughs> That's you know, to the frustration of people around me, it's like, when is he going to stop talking? But but I I do over the years because I've been doing this for forty years. I do have some things that I go to depending on the personality type. Now now some people aren't going to come off as being really excited about anything, so I may not ask them what they're excited about because they're just not that kind of personality. But you mm-hmm. just said, what are you looking forward to? Okay, that's something someone can latch on to, right? Yeah, same question, phrased another way. Yeah, Exactly. So just thinking through, who is this person? What are they interested in? And we've got a guy on our team who's very intellectual. I love talking with him because he's always thinking. And so maybe a question like, hey, what have you been thinking about lately? What are the sorts of things that are kind of running through your head? And, and kind of getting some of that, again, it enriches the conversation and sometimes leads to even some talk about work and you know, because they'll say, well, I've been actually thinking about this problem at work. And that's a great way to catalyze kind of a new conversation. So I really like that. But I think for everybody, if you can have four or five questions in your arsenal, kind of your go-tos that you can do when the conversation stalls or when it gets mm-hmm. a little awkward, because sometimes it gets awkward. I mean, I mean, let's face it, as a manager, with virtually every person that's ever I've ever worked with, there's been a time where I've had to have quote unquote, a hard conversation. So having mm-hmm. some, some things that either lighten the mood or there, there's something that, uh, will, will drive a, di- drive the conversation in a different direction because it's those transitions that are often mm-hmm. the ones that, that make things feel weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and to your point, it would, some people might be thinking when they hear this, like, well, you're just trying to like make conversation with these people and just hold them in the meeting longer. No, it's not about that at all. It's mm. it's more about showing your interest in them and valuing them and valuing what they think, valuing what they're interested in, valuing what they're about. And that, that goes to the building trust side of the one-on-one. And now this is, all of this is under the, the umbrella of we've had a hard time getting the conversation going and there hasn't mm-hmm. been a lot of push and pull to like make this a more productive, maybe more uh, developmental conversation or something else. At this point, we're trying to say, we don't want to let this be a dud. We don't want to let this set the tone for the next one where it's just exactly. going to be, oh, I'll just run the list of what I've done. I'll ask you my two questions and then we'll call it and we'll call it a day. So it's really mm-hmm. also a tone setting thing of saying, okay, great. Well, I'm glad we talked about those things. So what, what's something else? And then you, you go, you can go down this other path that is still about forging and forming the relationship, but don't need to hold on to it too long, but don't let it just start and stop with status. Right. What you're trying to do is create really great habits in your one-on-ones. So mm-hmm. with each person, it's going to be different, but what is the habit? What's, how do we go? So we don't want to let three or four of these in a row end awkwardly or with very, a very dry because that's creating the habit. And then you're, the team member is going to be like, man, totally. <laughs> I don't want to go to that meeting. And as the manager, you're kind of dreading it too, right? So I think for both parties to come together as you did with Whitney and say, hey, okay, so we've been doing this for a month now. Now what do we do to make this really meaningful and a time that, that, that both of us walk away feeling like this was a good, a good use of our time? Totally. And the, and the last thing I'll add then there is just to echo your point of what are the habits you're setting? And there's a huge responsibility on the manager to make sure that this is going well. Now, mm-hmm. we can get into the who's the meeting for and all that stuff later, but it's your responsibility as the leader leading this person, leading this team to make sure they're productive in conversation that people want to be a part of. So if you come into one a little light and you're not on your game, the next time mm-hmm. you need to do the work to make sure you've done everything ahead of time you can to make sure that that meeting is a success. And yes. Like, Cause there's times like you might be running late. I didn't get to check out some of the stuff you sent me ahead of time. Do you want to just share it with me now? Okay. Well once that's like, sure, no problem. I'll just, I'll run you through the list. I'll talk you through it. That happens three, four, five times in a row. Then it's like, okay, I guess you don't value this. Mm-hmm. And so th- to your point, I want to also say habits are a huge part setting the right tone they really are great well let's let's call it it's friday we'll do a short one this week (laughs) absolutely (laughs) sounds great great to talk with you chris you too michael hey thanks again for tuning in to let's talk teams today we would love to hear from you so you can hit us up on twitter at uptick app you can also message us personally our info's in the show notes and if you want to make your one-on-ones better with your team or with your manager check out uptick by visiting upticapp.com 